Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. If you serve in church, I'm guaranteeing you that there are times where you're going to work and serve and do things and maybe nobody noticed. Um, It can be a very service. If you do service, it can be kind of unthankful from a human perspective. Um, And so you have to be okay with that. If you're serving, so people would be like, you're a great guy. Um, you're going to get let down because you can serve your tail off and somebody, nobody will notice it at times. The flip side is this. You can serve and, and because you want to be recognized and, and people may give it to you. If you're serving in the church, it shouldn't be all about how people see you. In today's message, Pastor Bill will remind you that everyone in the body of Christ is gifted to function in one way or another within the body. Some may be good serving in kids' ministry, while another person might be best serving on the worship team. Whatever your gift is, Pastor Bill will encourage you to find that gift and use it for the edification of the body of Christ. Your gift is unique. Your part is important and valuable. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. So somebody puts you in a position to teach and you can teach you as you converse with people. You can start chopping up the word and sharing things and, and educating them on what the word says in your friendships, in your relationships. So you don't need a position to start to do that. And as I would just kind of walk that out, it was a year and a half and I was getting to teach. And God's like, that's, that's, that's what you are in the body. That's, that's the part you play. Um, now, I tried a lot. I've tried some other things in the body. So um, I like to sing, but, um, you know, so I've, I've had people encourage me at times, you should do worship. You should, you should do that. And I'm like, now nah, I'm going to stay in my lane. I, I, I should have stuck. I should have just stayed with that. Um, but I've had, you know, I'm always encouraging my kids and I'm like, y'all, you know, go for it, do it. And so one of my kids threw it back at me like, dad, you're always telling me to step out. I think you can sing. So you should do worship. And I'm like, okay, well, just so that I don't lose my credibility as dad to be able to say step out. I'm like, all right, it was a Thursday night. I hope none of y'all were there. Um, (laughs) but, uh, we, we, had a, we had a Thursday night where whoever was going to do worship wasn't going to be there. And I said, I'm going I'm to do it tonight. And, um, hey, it was, it was horrific, y'all. It was bad. I was like, hey, God wasn't glorified, man. It was, uh, I, I think everyone there was looking like we feel so bad for him right now. I, I wish he would stop right now. I wish he would just end. And it eventually ended. And I walked away and I'm like, I'm, I'm positive. That's not what God called me to do. I'm going to enjoy singing from out there with whoever's up here, but that's not my thing. Um, And it would be a horrible thing for you guys if I was insisting on being that. If I said, no, I'm going to do that. And I said, Carlos, you step aside, brother. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm called to do it today. It it would be a terrible thing, right? I would be out of my position um, where someone else was, was supposed to be. And I'd be, I'd be clogging up one spot while not fulfilling another place. And so um, we all want to be careful about that. There's something we are given and there's some things that we're not. And so God said, I put you in the body as, as it pleased me. So I got to realize that the thing God did give me pleases him. And the thing that God's given you, it pleases him. If you take your gift and you use it to glorify God and, and bless others, it pleases God. God says, it pleases me to see you do that. It's the most fulfilling thing in the world you can do is take what God made you to do and begin to do it for his glory, do it for the benefit of others. Nothing else will be more fulfilling than that. Move, moving on, verse 19. And if they were all one member, 
where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And so again, the, the church is made up of many people, many Christians, and we, we all make up one body. And that's why we want to be so careful about being divided, which you'll talk about later, because we're part of the one body. I'm sorry, verse 21. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. So the first thing he dealt with was kind of knowing what part of the body you are, fulfilling your role, and being content with what you are, what your position in the body is. Now what he's dealing with is this. He's saying that the, the, the members in the body would value other people, right? Because I'm a speaker, and this is something that happens in the body, a lot of people will look at their gift and think everybody should grow into what they are. You know, you should be teaching by now. No, not necessarily. That might not be their thing. That might not never be their thing. And so you get some people in the body that are, um, uh, you know, I've seen this with some people that are maybe even have the gift of evangelism. They're very, um, just they're vigilant and, and active in evangelism and, and they feel like everyone should be just like them. But maybe it's a gift. Maybe it's beyond the normal call of duty for you. Um, and so we have to be careful about that, that we don't devalue people that aren't our particular gift. Uh, I can't say I'm the pastor because within this church and I'm a, I'm going to lay out to you guys. And I wonder sometimes we don't know all that goes into, um, just us being here. Like right now that eight 30 in the morning, there's a group of men to get here and they set them chairs in order. Uh, and brother Tony, uh, Systematic. He, he, he has marks on the floor. He sets them all out. He puts them all in order, make sure they're all straight. He takes disinfectant and sprays them and wipes them down so y'all not sitting in no yucky yuck when y'all get here. He goes and does some bathrooms with, with cleansers and cleans them because there's been little junior high boys and girls in there doing who knows what. It ain't always clean when we get here. He get out the gnats and the flies and empty the trash can. That happens at 8.30 in the morning before anybody can even look at him. When he's done, he sits here. We'll sweat on him, gets him a cup of coffee, you know, gets a little breather, and then he changes shirts, and before y'all get here, that's done. Nobody knows. Not even seen. But that's part of what happens every single Sunday. Another group of guys are up here setting up the stage. It's Clint and Dave and uh, Jeffrey, and, you know, they're up here laying cords, laying cables, and putting up mics and setting up this thing and laying all there. They're up here doing all that, getting all that ready, putting the soundboard back there and making sure that there's going to be noise. There's going to be sound. Um, then there's the women that they've been working over the week, getting their lessons together, getting the plans together, making copies, putting them in order, lesson plans to come here and be in the classroom teaching your kids the word. And then Gabe is over the week preparing at home and preparing study to come and teach the kids in that room over there. And then because um, we're going to talk about the members of the body that are not seen. There's a lady here, Miss Claire, for you guys that know her, John's wife. She has some health issues and she can't be here. She can't come physically and be here. But she made it very clear to us. She said, look, I, I'm I'm still a part of the body. I want to serve. And so for you guys that enjoy that coffee every Sunday morning, Miss Claire gets up early Sunday morning and she brews that coffee and puts them in those pots and she sends them with her husband. She said, John, you carry that stuff. You get she got she sends John with his little package. He comes with his package. He, he sets it up. But she's at home brewing that up. Um, we get the announcements done for you guys that get the announcements, which we don't have today because all the women are gone up the mountain. So we, we feel in the hurt of the women being gone. They're an important part of what goes on around here. But my wife does the announcements. 
sends them to Miss Claire. Miss Claire checks them for typos because we used to have a bunch of typos in the announcements. And y'all would be sitting there <laughs> thinking somebody need to go back to school. And so Miss Claire said, I, I want to take that on. So we send it over to her. She makes sure everything is legit. All the, all the English is proper. Sends it back to my wife. Somebody else prints it. They get brought here. All these little pieces and parts happen every single week so we can be here and sit here and, and, and receive the word. And then there's, there's, there's stuff beyond that. There are people praying for the spiritual aspects of what's going on. There are people that are giving so we can pay the rent in order to be here. Um, on and on and on. And so with all those things happening, everybody that's here, part of the body has to say, what part do I play? What am I doing? Am I doing this? A lot of this I mean, if you want something to do, y'all come see me. I got, I got, I got, we got jobs. We got jobs upon jobs upon jobs. And so if there's some of you saying, I want, I want something to do to jump in here. I, I got something for you. Come see me. And, um, but every member has its part. And this is even beyond that. There's general things that anybody could do. But part of why we do discipleship here at the church, why we encourage people, if you're part of the body here, we love for you to do the one-on-one discipleship. Uh, for the men, it's a six-week thing. For the women, it's a couple more weeks. Um, but we walk you through the discipleship because part of what we're assessing as we walk through these things together is trying to figure out what your, what your part is in the body. Um, what do you do well? What's God blessed you to do? What are your gifts? So that we can place you where you're gifted. Um, I don't want to take a guy that's gifted to teach and then place him somewhere where that's not being realized. Uh, that's not being, he's not growing in that ability. I don't want to take someone that's gifted in this area. Some, so through the discipleship, we, we come to turn, we come to know like, okay, I see that this person has that. Let's, let's work on that together. Let's, let's give opportunity for that, that, that everybody's growing in their gift and the body's benefiting from everybody's gifts. And so again, um, so we don't want to belittle any part, right? I don't look at the people that set up and, and, and think any less of them. It, every single person has their part and if for everything to happen, everybody's got to do their part. And that's, if we understand it right, there really no, there's really no person that's a big deal. I get to be up front, I'm not a big deal. Who's the big deal when we gather together? Jesus, that's always gonna be the way it is. And if it ever changes from that, something went wrong. I'm never gonna be the show, I'm never gonna be the big deal, they'll never be the big deal. Anybody anywhere here, the big deal, the goal, the, the person that we wanna glorify and look up to is Jesus. And that's the goal. That's always going to be the goal. And so, um, so I'm not above. I'm not beneath um, the people that clean up. We're not. We're not above. We're all. We're all servants. Uh, we're all right here together, serving Jesus, loving Him. Thankful that He died on the cross for us. Thankful that He rose from the grave. Thankful that He wants to use us. And we're we're, we're excited to serve Him together. And that's how the body's supposed to be. And we're all united. Um, it's not like in the world. It, there's no CEO up in here. Jesus, if there is, it's Jesus. You know, he's the, he's the, the see, that's the top you can be, it's him. But there, there's, there's, there should be unity among the servants um, that we glorify him together and that we're a blessing to one another. So we don't want to be discontented with our place in the body. And we don't want to ever be in a place where we belittle another person's place in the body because each one's been placed just where God wants us to be. And then verse 22, it says, no much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And so sometimes it's those things that we can't see. It's those people that are serving in ways that don't even get acknowledged, um, that are the most necessary, right? You guys don't know who's praying. There's a, there's a group of women on the phone at 5 a.m. every morning on a conference phone call praying for the needs of the church. No one sees that. No one really knows unless you, unless you, you know, there's, a, there's that group of women, they're praying. 
Um, praying for what we got going on, praying for people that said they needed prayer, praying for those that are sick, praying for you name it. If it's coming through the prayer list, um, they're praying for it uh, every morning, 5 a.m. Uh, most of us are trying to get that last little bit of wink wink in, you know, so and there's some people that are saying, you know, there are things that no one sees that happening, but it's necessary and it's, it's, it's important. It's significant to to the work that God is desiring to do. Um, people don't know the way that we do giving here. Nobody knows who gives what. Right. There ain't no special seat. You know, uh, Derek, not in the five hundred dollar seat. You know, there there ain't no special seating. Um, we try to keep giving biblical. Right. God said, don't let your left hand know what. What your right hand is doing. That means it's, it's, it's keep it on the low. It's, it's, I'm not going to say God said, Father, y'all need to give. Son, and y'all come on down. Yeah, we all cheer for you. I robbed you twice if we do that. You know why? Because the Bible says if you do it like that, that's your reward. So you better walk real slow. So, woo, take it all in. That's all you get. And God doesn't even reward that kind of giving. So we want people to give in a way that, hey, we don't, nobody knows. So if you give a whole bunch. You're not going to get a special call to say, hey, we, we got that this week. <laughs> Thank you so much. Nobody knows. Nobody, nobody here is aware of what, what you've given, but God knows. And so if you've done it between you and him, you, that's all that matters. That's, and I, we we want to leave it that way. We don't do any extra pressure. Um, I believe that when people show up on a Sunday, it's, it should already have been decided what you what you got what your family has prayed about your giving should be what you're going to do i don't believe it should be something that happens when you get here that i twist your arm a little bit and you're like oh he he really talking bad about that i'm oh me give me some more you know that's a decision i believe in worship that you make before you ever get here and then you just bring what you know whatever you set aside you do that in worship uh between you and the lord he's glorified through that but that's a part that another part of the body that there's a lot that we do that that, that's how it's taken care of through the giving. And no one here, I don't know who gave what God knows. Um, but that's another area where um, people have participated in the work that God is doing in a way that it's not really visible. It's not really seen. Um, no one's coming and saying, hey, thanks for that. Great job. It's there are things that you're doing between you and the Lord. And God is pleased with that. And so even with that, we, we, we almost want to be in a place where we serve in a way where I want God to be pleased. Um, if you serve in church, I'm guaranteeing you that there are times where you're going to work and serve and do things and maybe nobody noticed. Um, it can be a very service. If you do service, it can be kind of unthankful from a human perspective. Um, and so you have to be okay with that. If you're serving, so people would be like, you're a great guy. Um, you're going to get let down because you can serve your tail off and somebody, nobody will notice it at times. The flip side is this. You can serve and, and because you want to be recognized and, and people may give it to you. And now that becomes what you, you become a slave to that instead of doing it as unto the Lord. Um, we want to do what we do for the Lord. So there's a sincerity about what we do. And he says here, look, there are members of the body which they seem less honorable. Um, but he says, on these we bestow greater honor and our unimpressive parts have greater modesty. And as he speaks about the body, he's using our human body. So there's obviously in your human body, private parts where there's greater modesty. These are things that are not seen. At least that's the way it should be. And so that's on your physical body. So God says in the spiritual body, just the same. Um, sometimes it's the things that are hidden that are more important. The most Vital parts of your body, they're not visible right now. They're covered up. Your organs, your internal organs, the things that if they stop functioning, you stop living. Um, those things are not, you know, I can't look at you and see your heart. Uh, I can't look at you and see they're all covered up. 
and everything else. And so there are parts or members or persons in the body that no one even sees. But but they, the, the function that they provide is vital um, to the ongoing work. And so once again, with each thing that we look at, those that were discontented with their role, those that may look down on others in their role, those that are doing roles that are invisible. I just want everybody to consider what's your role? What are you doing? What part of the body are you? What are you fulfilling? What part of the body? As we looked at the gifts last week, last two weeks, um, now we're looking at the fact that, hey, there's got to be an application of the gifts. So there's something God gave you that's to glorify him and benefit others. And you're, you're that part in the body. God placed you as it pleased him. Are you fulfilling a, a place in the body of Christ? Is there something that you're doing that is is pleasing to the Lord? And um, as I was looking at this, um, I think when, when when BJ was about he's 11, when he was eight or nine, I coached uh, little boys. It was a it was a sequence of sports at the park. So it went baseball, basketball, baseball, football, something like that. And what they let you do if because they're trying to keep dads to coach. So they said, if you coach consecutive sports, we'll let you keep your core kids. And I was like, yeah. So instead of if you come as a new coach, you get the kickback. The, the coaches that already know who can play, take all them kids and you get the leftover kids and you might get some good kids in the midst of that. So I did the, all the consecutive sports. Um, I almost quit at baseball. It was terrible. But um, basketball and football, I had, a, I, had a, I had a good little squad of kids. And from basketball, I realized I learned, I learned something. I didn't have the most talented kids, but I had kids that were motivated. And what I did, it was a simple little thing. I was trying to figure out, I, these are somebody else's kids. So me yelling at them, some of these kids are real sensitive these days. So if you yell at them, they, they yelled at me, mom. They, they can't play no more. So I would have this little cellophane thing with some candy. And it was, you know, hey, I'm tallying up every steal. And whoever get the most steals, you get the, you know, this, you get this bag right here. You know, um, whoever get the most this, that, or the other, I'd pick two or three things and you could, you'll be, I, you'll be, you'll get a reward for it. And I'm telling you guys, I had other coaches like, I had the most aggressive group of boys. They, cause they weren't calling fouls. So they were tackling, they were snatching up balls. It was like, how many do I have, coach? How many do I have? You got seven. He's got eight though. You know, they was out there. We would do a whole game, nobody getting a shot. And they were like, what, what are you doing to these kids? little bag of candy. <laughs> After the game, we come together. Woo, all right, got the tally sewer out. You had 12. You had 13. But this man right here at 15, we were just like that. We did it football. It was flag football. Same thing. I, I had some kids that could run. I had kids. I had, I had a couple kids that could, you know, catch a little flat pass. But it was defense. So I had my little chubby boys that was on the line. And they're not, that's not the most exciting position because they don't get to really run the ball. And that was the same deal with them. I said, all right, we're counting flag grabs. And whoever had the most flag grabs at the end of the thing, you get it. And I'm telling you guys, I'll have two boys snatch a flag off a kid and they got one hand, they both got one arm on it trying to see who getting credit for it. We played groups and my wife will tell you, they were on the sideline, the parents were cussing at me. Um, because we wouldn't let them, let them play. I said, they are playing. They said, I'm not going to, they wanted me to let their kids like get a playoff. And I'm like, no, nah, we, we, we're not letting y'all, y'all going to have to make it happen, you know, but it was just a little bit of motivation. You know, we found a way to, to motivate these kids, but here was the thing. We found everybody's place. And I had, I had one kid on my football team. You guys know I have a son with autism and his parents brought him not knowing if there would be a place for him or if he could serve. And I said, look, I have a son with autism. I'll find something for him to do. And as we tried out different stuff with him, uh, I know with my son, anything re rep repetitive, he does well. 
So I had him do the kickoff and he kicked the ball. And we got him down. I sent him home with his dad with the, with the tee and the ball. And that boy could place the ball perfectly every single time. He could drop it. I would, he would kick it from the same spot. He would drop it right five yards. Within five yards of every single time, it was perfect. And I'm like, that's your role. You, you get us good position every time. You, get, you put us in the best position to get the ball back and make a touchdown. Found, everybody had their place. And we were jammed. We didn't lose a single game. Um, and, and that was for the kids. That was fun. Right. And that's just football. When you take the church, what if we functioned like that? What if everybody here, not only you had your role, but you were motivated. Now, what motivate What's to be our motivation as believers? Heaven. Right. We're storing up treasure in heaven. So we we got something to look forward to. Um, that is a part of our motivation. What else? What's, what should be the thing that we should what else should motivate us to, to serve with passion, with with interest? Was that? Christ, all right, our gratitude for him, the cross. As I looked at the cross, I realized I'm a sinner. I was going to hell one day. I used to did not know God. I wasn't looking for God. I wasn't searching for God and grow up in a family that knew God. I was just living life lost. And God pursued me. He came after me, opened my blind eyes, helped me to realize what my true condition was, had someone that I would listen to convey the gospel to me. Saved me at 19 so I didn't go any further in the wrong direction. Let my life get put on track. Like that's there's a gratitude for that. And so that's my motivation. God is it's, I'm never serving God so that he'll, you know, some people are like who serve God so he'll bless me. He already blessed you on the cross. Anything else he does is extra. Right. But my motivation now is God, I'm looking back at what you did for me. And that's why uh, for Christians, we do communion to remember the broken body and the shed blood for you. That we take some time and say, God, I remember what you did for me. And that's my motivation. I'm not a little kid. I don't get a bag of candy, you know, so I can go out there and, you know, I'm going to go preach the gospel so I can get that candy. You know, like now it's it's different. The motivation is, man, God loved me when I didn't love him. Man, he was he was merciful to me, though I was a sinner. He, He accepted me with all my junk. And even today he deals with me, continues to forgive me. And, and work in my life despite me, despite my weaknesses and my flaws. Like, that's my motivation, God. If, you don't, if nothing else ever goes my way, I know I'm going to heaven when I die. My life has been changed down here uh, for, the, for the good. I mean, I, I'm, for that alone, I'm, I'm, you got me. Whatever you tell me to do, whatever you want. Now, now, that's our motivation. And so we don't want our motivation to be something carnal, looking for a reward. I want people to see it and say, great job. My reward is, like she said, heaven. Jesus says, store your treasure in heaven where moth and dust don't corrupt, where thieves don't break in and steal. Um, go on and send it up ahead where you're going to go. Um, but also our motivation is, is, is because of what he's already done. And so um, if you know what your role is, are you, are you motivated to serve? Um, because it makes a big difference, right? You put, you put someone in, in a place, let's go back to the team analogy on a team that don't really have proper motivation. And you could be looking at them and it's like they got the ability they got the physical gifts and talent, but they just they just like, I don't want to be here. And you've ever seen a kid on a team where their parent made them do it. And they're just like, hmm. And you're looking at them like, you got everything you need to do it. They just want to be here. I want to go play video games or whatever. You know, and it's just completely unmotivated, frustrating. Um, same thing, though, right? You put somebody in the body and you see all that they could be. You see the gifts. I mean, I, I, we, we recognize that you have something special right there. But they, they don't have no motivation to, to serve the Lord with that. And how do you get them motivated? How do you, how do you take that person and say, man, I mean, I see the potential, 
want you to realize your potential, we, we preach the gospel to them, right? You don't understand the gospel, right? That's why you're unmotivated. You, you, you must not really understand what God has done for you. Uh, because I believe in understanding that, uh, when I really understand, when I'm really hit in a real way by what God has done for me, my true condition before him, what he's done for me, I, I don't think I could stay in a passive whatever state. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Today's message from the book of 1 Corinthians is available to listen to again on our website. Just visit calvaryinglewood.org and click on media. Or you can download our mobile app to listen to more teachings. You'll find a link on our website. You can also search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest times and location information. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's Word and be together as the family of God. Again, our website is CalvaryInglewood.org. As we looked into the book of 1 Corinthians, accountability and helping other believers strive for purity and commitment to God are topics that come to the surface. Although these things aren't always fun or easy, they're an incredible blessing to have in your life and in your church. So look to be involved and accountable wherever you're plugged in with other believers. If you notice that this ministry has been a blessing, even when it's convicted your heart in certain ways, we're glad that we can be a part of that. Would you be praying for a transforming word? As the messages go out, many listeners may be hearing about the Lord for the very first time. We ask that you pray for ears to be opened, hearts to be softened, and for lives to be changed. That's all we have time for today. Join Pastor Bill again for another edition of A Transforming Word.